Hi, this is James Woodcock for HG Zine, the portable gaming magazine that is free to download from www.gamerzines.com. Today on the phone with me, I have Steve Lysett, executive producer from Sumo Digital. Hello, everyone. And Travis Ryan, lead designer of Sega Superstars Tennis. Hello. Thanks for joining me today, chaps. No problem. So, maybe you can begin with the obvious. What is Sega Superstars Tennis? Sega Superstars Tennis is an experiment to see how much Sega you can get into a single game. Uh, <laughs> that, that was a kind of starting point. But basically what it is, it's a kind of Sega celebration mixed up with tennis. So you've got something like 16 playable Sega characters, uh, 10 different Sega environments, and it's all crammed in there. So it's kind of, what we've tried to do is take virtual tennis and make it more wide, more, more of a wide appeal so everyone can play it. So it's a bit more of a, a fun character game. Yeah, it's more of a family sort of tennis game. We've taken virtual tennis three, um, gone more sort of family route, less simulation. It's, it's a tennis game for people who don't necessarily like tennis games. That's a good angle. Was that <laughs> on the marketing? We we like Sega and we like virtual tennis and we thought why don't we combine the two? Makes perfect sense. Yeah, wrong. <laughs> so how long has the game been in development and how did this title come about? It's been it's not been a very I wouldn't say it's been a particularly massively long project. Uh, what we initially did was when we finished Virtual Tennis three on Xbox three sixty uh, we were looking into doing a Wii version, and we were doing some prototypes. Uh, basically, one of the guys put a big head cheat in, so we had kind of fed him around with a big head, and shut up over with a big head. And uh, <laughs> we thought this was great, obviously, but uh, from a kind of licensing point of view, probably wouldn't have gone down too well. So Sega came up around about that time, and they saw it and said, well, instead of having these guys with big heads in, why don't we try Bruce Onikin and see if that works? Uh, and so we thought, okay, we'll put Sonic in, but if we're going to do that, Let's look at all the Sega IPs from kind of past to present and see which ones would also work. And it kind of just snowballed from there. We ended up just making a big shopping list of all our favourite sort of Sega characters and see how many characters we could get away with in terms of mini games and courts. And so there's a lot of reference in there. I mean, I mean you know, and when we started, like, you know, we kind of thought all the kind of recent characters and then we kind of pushed back further in time and we kept asking Sega Japan to see what we could have. Uh, and every time we got something new, we you know we saw how far we could push it kind of thing. Uh, so by the time we'd done, we got so many different IPs and characters. Uh, and it was actually a shame because we had, we couldn't put in all the ones we wanted to, uh, just because we had a set amount of time to do it. So I mean, I think overall, probably from start to finish, we spent about twelve months on it. Yeah, I think that's about right. Would you say that's about typical for so many platforms you had to cover as well? <laughs> well, this this has been quite a difficult project for us. Uh, and also, not by difficult, I mean it's been interesting from a challenge of how many we've got to do. Uh, we've done multi-platform stuff in the past. We've done, you know, for example, Outland was on three platforms. But this time we have five platforms to do, you know, and we're, we're growing as a company. Uh, <laughs> we're still quite tricky squeezing all those kind of different platforms in at the same time. So how close is it to Virtual Tennis 3? Um, the game system is based on Virtual and DT3's game system, but what we wanted to do is try and make it a little bit more accessible. So all of the depth from VT3 is in there, but what we've done is we've sort of simplified the controls a little bit. So instead of having top spin and slice, you have basically fast and slow shots. But also you can do combinations now to do lob shot and drop shot. And what this does, it allows things like drop shots to be more sort of reliable than they were in VT. Um, there are probably fewer animations than in VT, 
but there are more. There's more variety in terms of the different character animations. Yeah, I mean, what, I mean, we've been maligned about this button business, to be honest. And I, I want to take a chance to just have a, a chat about it because originally what we wanted to do was just make it super accessible. The majority of players when they first pick up a tennis game get confused by how many shots there are. Uh, and so what we want to do is, like we say, instead of top spin and slice, which are very, very kind of tennis terms, we said, okay, let's call them fast shot and slow shot, and then do lobs and jobs, basically as a combination of the two. Uh, and everybody goes, oh, it's so complicated, it's so complicated. But then I'd say, like, if you go and look at a virtual tennis arcade machine, it's got two buttons. Uh, and everyone seems to manage that one okay. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, in terms of the game engine, it is based on the virtual tennis three game engine. Uh, all the same kind of shots are there. And one, fight, one thing we've done with this, which is kind of different to Virtue Tennis 3, is each of the characters kind of plays very differently. Uh, in Virtue Tennis, a lot of the characters play very similar. Uh, you know, you basically, no matter who you pick, you're basically playing the same game, and there might be one or two unique shots per character. But in this, every character is animated different, and every character's got different kind of things it can do. So you've got the standard kind of power shots where they can hit stuff fast, you've got kind of control players where you've got more controllable but we've added things like spin players where you can curve the ball more and it's you know we try and think what we've done is we've taken Virtua Tennis 3 and made it a bit more deep and there's a bit more things there for people to learn so I don't know I like to think we've built on it So what characters do feature and how are their particular skills defined how do you decide who has what skill Well we've, we've kind of looked at the different characters that are involved there and tried to match skills to the actual characters so you can expect someone like Sonic to be a speed character. You know, he can move around the court quite quick and he can return shots quite quick. Uh, Eggman, more of a power player. He's not as fast, but he can obviously hit the ball a lot faster. And then you look at the monkey ball characters and you think, well, if anyone can bend a ball, it's got to be a monkey, hasn't it? <laughs> so, of course. <laughs> clearly, clearly. And the same with sales. So we've, we've kind of tried building into, you know, where the character suits it. Some, some characters kind of immediately kind of lend themselves to a particular style and then some you're not quite sure. I mean, Gilius from Thunderhikes. Thunderhikes? Thunderhikes. Gilius Thunderhead and Goldenhikes in my brain. This is all out from free thing again, isn't right. it? It's a tongue twister, that's why. Yeah, so, uh, anyway. <laughs> you're not, not sure. I mean, should he be more of a power player or should he be more of a control player? And, you know, so we, we kind of played around and just tried to mix it up a bit. And you've given him a voice as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the guy who does Gillis' voice, and I love this, it's a great fight, he used to play a character in Blake 7. Uh, we wanted Brian Blessed, but, uh, I don't know, Sega didn't put you on crouch. What about we got Derek Griffiths for the advert? Is that who it is? Yeah. You didn't know that, did you? Oh, my God. <laughs> but there's a lot of characters who've kind of given voices. I mean, Alex Kidd, for example. I mean, nobody's heard what Alex Kidd sounded like before. I mean... You've kind of got to do it, because everyone else has got bison, and if they don't, it just seems weird. Were you worried, though, that people were going to react when they hear these characters speak for the first time? I think we just tried to, we just tried to pick voices as we sort of imagined them playing, um, playing the games as kids, so I don't think we ever... I mean, I think Gilius, I think everyone sort of assumes Gilius is, is that sort of Gimli voice, almost. It's that typical sort of, like, dwarf voice. Yeah, we, we, we kind of saw it as being, you know, like, a, nobody tosses a dwarf Why kind of thing. Why for someone? Could have just... I know, I could have done it, could I? <laughs> I could have bought blessed as well. Gordon's <laughs> alive. Oh God! Yes, but you know, I mean, that's, we're always going to be that for us, you know. That's that's just how we saw him, and whenever we talk to uh, Achieve Sat, the best game designer character, that's the kind of direction he had as well. I mean, what we've tried to do there, whenever possible, 
it's talk to the original creators and just make sure that we do stick true to the original visions. This isn't your typical tennis game, as each character has a special shot when a certain process occurs, so could you explain this element? Basically, as you're playing tennis, you've got a little superstar underneath your character, and the more rallies you get, the more points you win, the harder the shots you hit, your superstar builds up, and then when it's maxed, you can trigger what we call um, a superstar state. So in this state, your character has some slight benefits, so they'll get like a power-up or a speed-up or something like that, but also they can trigger special superstar shots. Now these are like, we kind of refer to them as crazy balls, so basically the balls can go off at right angles, they can shoot into the sky and smash back into the ground, and many of them have got actual different sort of um, effects as well, So which are based on their IP, so the monkey ball characters will fire monkey balls with their friends in them, jet set characters, they'll call in the police from the game, so there's lots of extra reference there as well, like ooh la la, we'll call in the Marolians from Space Channel 5. So it's kind of an excuse for us to do something a little bit silly, but also cram tons more Sega reference in there and lots more characters. So which other Sega titles would you have liked to have brought into the game and didn't get the chance? That, that is a question. I mean, obviously, I, mean, I think the main, the main online ones I've noticed will be being bouncing around just seeing what people think seem to be kind of Ryu from Shenmue, Vice from Skies of Arcadia. You know, obviously everyone seems to think we should have virtual fighter characters in there as well. I mean, I, don't know, I mean that's that's kind of modern stuff. And then going back to this kind of thing like Vector Man, uh, you know, Fantasy Star Online characters, Fans of Dragoon. Fans of Dragoon. I mean, the pro- the problem with this is, it's you know, you can go on forever adding characters and characters, but when you've got to kind of get the game out, <laughs> you know, you've got to draw a line somewhere. So I mean, this, this plan always was to kind of get so many characters playable. Uh, and we went for 16 because each character has so much animation, you've got to kind of get it right, otherwise the game doesn't play right. And then where we couldn't get characters in outside of an IP, you know, we tried to make sure that each court we got had a number of cameo characters and just kind of propped it up that way. Next time around, we'd like to get more, I'm sure. Bring back Sega Tassanchiro. Yeah, we Sega Tassanchiro, you know, it's got to be that. I mean, there's all kinds of things. I mean, no matter where you go on the forums, people say, like, oh, it would have been nice to have this, it would have been nice to have that. And we agree, you know, it's kind of it's kind of hard work for us, I mean, to cut people off the list, but that's just the way it's got to be, sadly, sometimes. So have you given me a bit of a scoop there? Are you confirming a sequel? Nope. <laughs> I didn't say it was a sequel. And I said if there's a next time around. Ah, uh, come on, you're close. Just go that extra <laughs> little bit. <laughs> Well, nothing, nothing's being determined at the moment. I mean, you've got to bear in mind, we've literally just finished this game. Uh, we've got things like the Japanese version to do. And, you know, what's next? Well, it depends on what Sega wants to do, if they want to do anything. So will there be a PSP version of this game? It's to be seen. I mean, we, we didn't have time to... Well, I didn't say we didn't have time. The problem was we had five platforms to deliver to start with uh, and getting another one in, and the time we had just, just wasn't likely to happen. Uh, if there's enough demand for it, I'm sure Sega would listen. Get the petitions ready. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, as, as sumo, obviously, we, we've got absolutely nothing against the PSP. If you look at our back catalogue, definitely. So Knights even makes an appearance, so how does it feel to control a character that flies and plays tennis? How does that work? Can I tell you, that was quite hard work, that one. <laughs> uh, Initially, I think we had nights running about, didn't we? We did have nights running about, and it just didn't sort of feel right. I get, we, we had this with quite a few characters. You put them in, you give them standard sort of tennis animations, and it's just not, it just doesn't evoke the games. You just, it's not how you remember the characters. So um, I think we went through a couple of iterations of nights, actually, to get him working, make, give him a bit of inertia as he moves. And, and it was the same with the Jet Set characters as well. You put the Jet Set characters in, just running around, and it's come on, they need to skate, they need to use, they need to use the momentum in their animations and the moves. And, so wherever possible, we try to use the characters uh, 
when we fail that we can get away with using the characters more as they appear in the original games, we have done. It's kind of, it's iterative. You put it in, you get them playing normal tennis, and it's kind of like, mm, that doesn't work, or that's not how I remember that, so knives really needs to fly. And we've done this a lot with the animations as well. Instead of having dives, it's kind of like, well, Sonic wouldn't dive. He would do a, he would do a Sonic spin, or Gilius, he, he would do his forward roll axe hit. Sort of thing. So we've tried to get lots of these cheeky little references in from the original games, and that 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 affects how they move and they play as well. So it isn't just about your standard tennis; it's also about lots of mini games. So maybe tell us a little bit about that section. Yeah, the mini games. Uh, I mean, basically, what we did is we wanted to get as much segment as we can. Uh, so we we looked at doing eight separate mini games. In fact, we looked at doing more originally. Uh, we actually developed up in twelve, and then we basically went for the ones we felt were the most fun. Uh, so each mini game is kind of based around a particular Sega IP. So, for example, you've got Curious Mansion, uh, which is actually House of the Dead, uh, but because of German, we can't call it that. Uh, and that one, for example, you would be running around the court, smacking zombies with tennis balls. Uh, yeah, what else? You know, it's, it's a typical tennis game feature. Uh, and each one of these was originally kind of designed to help you learn to play tennis better. Uh, but as we did the prototypes, we found sometimes that although it wasn't necessarily tennis, it was quite savory, it was still fun, and it was things we enjoyed just as much as playing the tennis. So, for example, you've got Virtua Squad in there, which is Virtua Cop. It's got nothing to do with tennis whatsoever. Uh, it plays exactly the same as Virtua Cop. You aim the curse, you knock the guys over. I was just going to say, Virtua Cop's a good example of sort of prototyping. It's kind of like, you've got one of the coders who goes away and comes back a week later, um, and he comes back and it's a totally different game. It's nothing to do with tennis. There was a hell of a lot of debate. It's like, eh, it's not tennis, but at the end of the day, it was fun. So it's kind of like we recreated it. We've got other things in there as well, like Monkey Ball and Choo Choo Rocket. We've got big fans of Choo Choo Rocket in here, so we've got those in. And one of the things that we try to do is make them complete games so that you can play them in single player and you can upload your high scores. But you can also play them in multiplayer for up to four players. And also, there's lots of missions taken out of them as well. And it's really important that we got the original music, that we got the original on-screen elements, the original loading screen. So they kind of felt like their own little packages, their own little games. So what game modes are available? I'll tell you what, So basically, when, when you first load the game up, you turn the menu on, uh, the first thing you see is Superstars. Uh, Superstars is kind of the main single-player mode. Uh, what you've got in there is when you go into it, it's like a, a save the world in effect. You can pick from a number of IPs initially. I think we've got something like six open. Uh, and each one of those IPs is like a, a certain game. So you might, for example, have Space Channel 5 or you might have Super Monkey Ball. If you go into one of those areas, you've got then a set of missions. Basically, you can play each mission and try and get a ranking from E to AAA. And that will then open up extra missions. Uh, if you start getting good scores, it'll start to open up new content. So you can unlock new music, new characters, new courts. Uh, and each mission itself is... It can be a mix of many things, that's how I to put it. So, for example, if you go into the House of the Dead, the first mission you've got will be to defeat some zombies. Uh, the next mission you'll probably find will be to have a one-on-one -on -one tennis match. Uh, you might find the next one is then to avoid zombies, don't get bitten. Uh, you might then find the next one's a tournament, you know. And we kind of mixed it up in that way, so you're never quite sure what's coming next. That's it. So that's like Superstars, that's a bit of a big mode. So, obviously, we think that's where people will spend most of the time single-player. Uh, after that, you've got kind of uh, arcade mode. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry, why? What's the next one down is match. You got ex yeah, you got match. So this is basically the sort of custom match option. Players familiar to VT, it'll be, um, players they'll they'll recognise this from VT. It's the custom match option. Select your courts, select your settings, how many games you want, stuff like that. 
We've also got an arcade mode. So this is a score attack mode where you play through um, three stages of doubles, five stages in singles, and you basically play and compete and try and get a high score. Uh, and again, there's kind of hidden stuff in there that you do really well in the arcade mode. So below that, obviously, depending on what version you've got, there's multiplayer uh, online for free, 60 and PS3. Uh, sadly, not for Wii. Thank you for telling us about that, everybody. Uh, under that, you've got the ball games, where you can play the ball games either single or multiplayer. It's up to four players. Yeah. And then you've got the options screen, which I won't go into detail on. And is there any online functionality for the DS version? Uh, no, there's not. Um, this has kind of been a weird one. Cause kind of some people report that there is, and some people report that there isn't. But uh, there's not this time around. Uh, what we've got in DS is you can have single cart multiplayer, uh, or you can have a multi cart multiplayer. In single cart, it's limited to singles. Everybody has to play a Sonic, and you can only play in the green zone. But you can definitely do it. Multi cart, any any court, any character, uh, knock yourselves out. What court environments are available? What court environments? Are you going to leak the Shenmue? I'm going to say about the Shenmue court. No, I can't, I can't mention that. And why that. isn't there a Golden Axe court? It's similar thing to the characters. You have a big shopping list and, and a fixed amount of time. And there are ten, there are ten environments in there, and we try to pick ten really iconic stages. So. There are the iconic Sonic stages, and for this we, we referenced the very first Sonic games. We, we kind of said, well, how would a, a proper sort of next-gen Green Hill Zone look? How would a next-gen Scrap Brain Zone look? Um, and then we've also got Jet Set and Space Channel 5 and Samba de Amigo. We've tried to pack these courts with as many characters as possible as well, so you see sort of like familiar faces from Samba or Flagman in the Outer and Tooth Court. Or we've just tried to cram as much references in there as we can, so... Again, long list of characters. There's tons yeah. more we could have added. There's, there's so much. I mean, the, the, the kind of thing with these games is when you do a game like this, with, it's kind of very character-led. There's always, always more you'd like to put in, but, you know, like I say, you have to draw a line. But, I mean, the court-wise, there's, there's all... I think we've got ten actual courts for the main tennis. Uh, there's also one or two different environments for the mini-games as well, which people have come across. Uh, you know, there's, there's, there's plenty to see. So there's a lot there. So if you did do a sequel, there's still plenty of things you'd like to add, as far as environments and characters, maybe? Uh, if we did to do a sequel, uh, yeah, I think we've got so much Sega assets that we just didn't get to use. We created, basically, when, when we started it, we created like what we call the Sega 101 list, and it's a big sort of like shopping list of all things that we'd like to see as Sega fanboys. We've got a lot of big Sega fans here, so... It's kind of put these little lists together, send them around, and have a little bit of a debate on, on what are the high priorities and things like that. So there's Sega, and there's so many characters on IP to choose from. Definitely. And, it, and a list, I mean, if anybody's a Sega fan and they can think of a character, chances are it's on that list. Uh, we've got Sega fans here of all ages. In fact, everybody on the project is pretty much a Sega fan. Uh, we we didn't make it like a requirement, but you know, it kind of people kind of gravitate towards the project, so <laughs> it's kind of cool. So it's not just the court look; it's not just the characters, but also musical assets have been copied from these Sega IPs. So, what music features in the game? Good grief! Uh, the total track list, I think, is around about eighty. Uh, big versions, yeah. I mean, and that that kind of covers all the, the new music we've had. Uh, we've had Richard Jakes, if anyone's a Sega fan, probably recognise that particular name. He's done all the kind of new game music, or the intro music, the jingles, or little bits and pieces in there. Uh, he's also done some remixes of the Space Harrier tunes. Uh, he's done remixes of Virtual Cop tunes. And then everywhere else in the game, basically, we, we kind of went through all Sega's back catalogue, looking for music that we thought actually fitted in with the course and environments. 
some of the stuff, the kind of things you'd expect, you know, we've kind of got Sonic Heroes music in there, we've got Sonic Adventure music in there, uh, we've got things like the Atman music, but some of the tracks we've picked are also ones we don't think people have necessarily heard before. So for Atman, for example, we've got some of the Japanese remixes, which we've done purely for the Atman Japanese PS2 version. Uh, the Afterburner Court, we've obviously got music from Afterburner Climax, which, you, you know, a lot of people may not have had a chance to play. So God, there's, there's a load of stuff in there. It really is. I mean, we, we'd love to do a soundtrack, and we keep suggesting to Sega, but, you know, I mean, keep suggesting it. <laughs> between a couple of us, we've got all the soundtracks pretty much from all past games, even like the Outrun box and the Afterburner box. So we kind of, we sit there and listen to all the soundtracks and which tracks we'd like to think would be cool in the game. Yeah, I mean, one, one of the designers, Jody, I think he's probably got pretty much every Sega soundtrack ever made. He's got such a big pile of CDs on his desk, it's just ridiculous. How do the controls work and does it make use of the touchscreen at all? Uh, the S version, you've got a choice of two. You can either play purely with button controls, uh, very much like virtual tennis. You have A and B, which are fast and slow shot, and you can use the D-pad to move, and then you can do lobs and drops by pressing combinations of A and B. Uh, the shoulder obviously kicks off the superstar movement. Uh, if you prefer to use touchscreen, the option's there. The inspiration for the DS touchscreen is uh, it's like Pong. So basically you move the, you, you touch the touchscreen to move your character into position. And your character will auto hit the ball, but you can apply some aftertouch to direct it. So it's a very sort of simple version. It's a simple game of tennis. Um, but Pong was definitely sort of an inspiration for that. Like move the characters like a baton and then aftertouch to direct. I mean, what, what we tend to do, I mean, when we first started looking at doing the game, we took a version down to some focus groups. And we kind of watched people play it and just see how they expected it to play, kind of based it on that. What were the challenges of creating a Nintendo DS version when other systems are far closer to each other in terms of specification? Are you suggesting the DS is somewhere less powerful? Uh, well, it is a handheld, so it has less space to store these things. <laughs> you know, it makes us laugh because we've seen like, a number of reviews which said, oh yeah, the DS isn't quite as pretty as the 360 version. So like, <laughs> no, <laughs> Uh, cool. The DS version basically was written completely from the ground up. You, you can't use code from other platforms, you know. We can look at how it works and kind of make a, like a, an emulation of it on the DS, if you like. Uh, but, you know, you can't reuse anything, really. I mean, I think the only thing we could actually use was the animation stuff, which we had to drop down quite severely. Uh, I mean, the game, because Basic Tank 3 is basically very animation-driven, Everything you do is purely controlled by the length of the animation and how the animation is tween in between. So to capture the same kind of feel, we had to kind of look into doing that as close as we could to the main platforms. I mean, to be honest, when I played it, I think it really just kind of captured the whole VT style play very well. Uh, and that, that, that wasn't easy to do. Uh, I mean, if anyone's seen the DS version, uh, they probably realize that we've cheated slightly on the backgrounds. Uh, originally, we looked into doing it completely in full 3D. Uh, but, you know, you really, when you're playing a tennis game, you want the frame rate to be quite important. You know, you need to be able to move around. You need to be able to make the characters out clearly. And it, it didn't necessarily work. So what we've done is kind of a, a Seder 3D, uh, where we've kind of mapped a massive, massive picture of the court onto a polygon. And then we can move and scale that around. And that kind of freezes up then to concentrate very much on the animation and how the characters look. You know, if you look at it, it doesn't necessarily look like a, a 2D background with 3D characters on it. It's been... It's been quite cleverly done. Every time I look at it, I mean, I keep forgetting it's done that way. Uh, but the nice thing is it does free you up just to get on and concentrate on playing the tennis, which, you know, is kind of the most important thing. That's, that's what the game's about. Uh, the other thing, of course, is we have, a, we have a kind of limited cartridge size, so you can't have as much music, you can't have as much things in there. But we've got, I think, a nice piece of music for each court. We've got intros and outfield pieces. We've got a hell of a lot of speech in there. And we even managed to get an FMV in there, which I was quite pleased about. 
can't hear that. So how big is the card? Uh, oh, God, you're asking me now. <laughs> uh, it's, it's actually 64 megabytes, uh, but in terms of Nintendo card size, it's 512 megabit. But if you actually look at what's on the cartridge, I think after that, the majority of stuff's the animation, the actual ports themselves, and I think that takes around 30, 40 meg. The music then takes about 20 meg, and the rest of the stuff, kind of textures, animations, FMV, kind of takes up the remains of that. I mean, it's really, really crammed in there. I think by the time we finish, we had literally... I mean, really, literally, about one or two K free. So you used every little morsel available. Yeah, and, and you know, and again, you know, there's, there's more stuff we'd like than the S version, but, you know, you kind of, you have to work to the limitations of the car type. Well, thank you for your time. It's been a pleasure. Oh, it's been a pleasure.